Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Mile High Insiders for breakfast, I guess. Maybe that sounds, maybe that's a little (laughs) bit morbid. But uh, welcome in, guys. It is Saturday, January 29th, uh, first month of the year. 2022 is already almost over. And I am Nick Kendall and joined by today, Scott Kennedy. Luke is in Vegas covering the Shrine Bowl. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Luke might pop in for us tonight. I know he's already doing player interviews and writing up stuff from the Shrine Bowl. So he is on location uh, trying to fill his very big shoes is me. So welcome in, everybody. Yeah, no, uh, appreciate Luke going out there to Vegas. He's having a good time. He's hanging out with Cecil Lammy and all those uh, guys out there and covering the one of the two big bowl games down there, typically the senior bowls. A little bit higher up tiered wise, but Shrine Bowl always has some good talent as well. One of my favorite Shrine players from a few years ago uh, is going to be making a, hopefully, a winning effort this weekend in a Trey Hendrickson. If you guys recall him, he was a big player of the Shrine Bowl as well. And maybe some of you Bronco fans out there as well as remember, uh, I think, Shrine Game MVP, uh, Justin Hollins, the Bronco and Broncos ended up taking in the fifth round of that draft. So a lot of fun players. It's draft season. But first, we got to talk a lot, obviously, changes in Broncos country. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett comes to town. He is now the Broncos head coach. Scott and I broke it down for you guys on Thursday for the morning show. But since then, more news has come down the tracks. And uh, we've had the Nathaniel Hackett press conference. And I guess first thing to about, about to say about Nathaniel Hackett, we're we're in the honeymoon phase, no doubt about it. But my God, it is hard not to be in love with the dude Nathaniel Hackett because you've heard me say it on here many times. I don't care what style of leadership you are. Just be authentically you. I don't know if there's anybody in there that's as authentically themselves as Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, does does he look like he's having fun or what? Oh my you god! Know, what Nick? What are the two words we've been harping on during this process? Culture change, mm-hmm. culture change. Whether it was going to be Nathaniel Hackett or Dan Quinn, you were going to get an infusion of energy for sure. Yes. Um, it reminded me if you've I don't know if you've seen the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg, uh, <laughs> but he's a he's a cover band singer and he ends up getting a tryout and when he actually gets it with the band that he's been covering his whole life, his favorite. They're doing a press conference with them, and they're like, look mean, look tough. You know, it's a metal band, and everybody's like this, and he's sitting there like this. You know, he's like, look tough, and he can't get the grin off his face. I'm like, that was Nathaniel Hackett. You know, he, yeah. he just, he, he, he was permagrand on. And uh, win or lose, pass or fail, however he ends up doing, he's going to be a really, really easy person to root for, for sure. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah. I mean, again, it's the press conference. It's the opening press conference. So we're not going to get too far down in the weeds and hold him to everything he thing he says. You know, it's 40 minutes there. They're asking questions and, you know, you're not going to get into the nitty gritty, but there were some 
revealing things uh, from the press conference that we want to get into here. Lawrence Rivera, want to get into Lawrence first. Good morning, Lawrence. Good to see you. Is it morning already? What's up, guys? Yeah, if most of you guys who listen, you probably know that Scott and I typically handle the morning shows every Monday and Tuesday, Thursday for Broncos for breakfast. But while Luke is out, Scott's almost always behind the scenes working there. So easy for Scott to come and hang out. And I enjoy hanging out and talking full with Scott. Um, so it's even though we have a Big Ten SEC thing kind of going on, but other than that, it's, yeah, a, it's a good time. That's not really a rivalry, you know. <sighs> I mean, you know, I think we make do we make more money? Maybe the Big Ten. All of our schools are uh, accredited institutions. I think that's the best we got going. You no, know, that us. that doesn't help you on the field, which is what mm-hmm. matters. We see the thing is, is the SEC has given away, has, has stopped with the farce that is the student athlete, and they've just embraced the fact that it's huge business. Yeah, you know, everybody else, the, the Pac Ten. The, the the whatever pack it is these days, the pack 22 and the big 10, they, they still like to have the charade going on. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think the pack 12 and the ACC and the big 10 are going to try to bow their backs a little bit and try to hold off the SC. But um, we got Bryce in the house. Good evening. Broncos country Broncos for dinner. I love it. Thank you, Bryce, for joining us today. We got Grant coming on my grant coming in saying, I'm glad they found a head coach, but the work starts now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. The work starts now. Um, George Payton during the press conference said that uh, he's getting ready to head down to, I'm not sure if he's going to be in person at the shrine bowl, uh, but he did say the senior bowl for sure. That at least that's the plan right now and getting to see a lot of these players for the first time in person competing against a lot of guys. As well. And one thing I love about the senior bowl is that they tend to bring in a lot of really small school guys, um, especially in the trenches. And that's really good to see if those guys kind of, can pop or can can hang there. You know, you have the good athletes, but sometimes it doesn't translate. And none other than Broncos fans, Quinn Miners last year popping in the senior bowl and now one of our favorite offensive linemen. Yeah, there were there were several guys. There was a <clears throat> I've forgotten his name already, uh, but there was a center there for Grambling. Uh mm-hmm. reminded me of Ben Jones. Ben Jones had the same problem. If you don't know who Ben Jones is, Ben Jones was from a small school in Alabama, kind of pigeon-toed, round dude who was when we talk about the look test, you can see some of these guys are going to get an offer as soon as they get off the bus. Ben Jones failed the look test. And he walked into this camp in high school and whipped everybody's butts. Went into this camp in high school and whipped everybody's butts. Ended up, but he was at a camp I was running. Mark Richt was there and he ended up going to Georgia. So I'm at the combine when he's there and all the NFL guys seeing Ben Jones waddle in for the first time. They're just like, they're they're like this guy really i'm like just just watch him play just watch him play that's what people have been saying about him for six years um that was the grambling kid was a little bit like that last year and came in and just really did well quinn miners the belly the round kid comes in like that and 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 did really well spencer brown northern iowa so uh, you know, for i don't know if you can call cincinnati a smaller school anymore but i i kind of think of as anybody coming from non-power five as as being kind of an underdog of sorts mm-hmm. james hudson did really well there there was a kid from east carolina so I'm, can you tell i'm getting excited about going to that senior bowl in about 48 hours yeah i know i definitely can tell uh it should be a great time and i'm excited to live vicariously through you while you're down there we got andy coming in saying dude i just love hackett uh he just seems like a teacher a guy who knows that things are bigger than the game the the long lasting relationship. I want him to be my coach or teacher. I really, I mean, just a well-rounded interview uh, overall. I don't know. Also, if you saw the Broncos just released a, a short clip of his family uh, driving out to a private, taking a Broncos private jet and flying into Denver, just seems like a real fun kind of dad. <laughs> the dad jokes, I think are going to be pouring into Valley, which I'm here for. Uh, Got to lean into those and uh, just a lot of fun. I, Man, so many topics here that we want to get to about the uh, the press conference. We got Dylan Von Arks in the house at Broncos Country. Make sure you guys hit the like button on the way in. Subscribe if you haven't already. Gary Leeds Palmer. I don't know if he's ever said this, uh, but thank you, Gary. Always supporting us. Says my favorite pair. Shh. Okay. And, well, uh, and, and you know what? And he 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 actually donated some stars while wow. saying that. So thank you, thank so you much, very Gary. much, Gary. Yeah. Hope you're doing you so- well. Yeah. Same, Gary. Hope you're doing well. Um. If, they, if we had a Manscaped read today, I'd probably lean into the My Favorite Pair com- part of the comment, but no Manscaped <laughs> for you guys today. Uh, Bill Osterley coming in here. Uh, I would like Rodgers to be a Bronco, but if you have a chance to get Wilson, I say get Wilson. He's more mobile. It'll be longer than Rodgers. I think Wilson could give you five to seven years. Um, whichever one you can get here sooner and guarantee that they're coming here, that's the one I want. Uh, the, I think it was Mile High Huddle Yes, yesterday. Tweeted out a thing saying, like if you want Wilson, retweet if you want Rodgers. I did both because like, <laughs> I don't care. I want, I want both. I, I 
you don't obviously can't get both, but whichever one can come here first, please. Wilson longer, fine. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback right now. Um, you you he walks in and you're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, so I, I I'd be fine with either of them. Yeah, the the longevity of Russell Wilson is definitely more tantalizing. Uh, Aaron Rodgers plays at a higher level, even right now, even at this age. But if you had a hat and had two names and said, okay, you get one of them and you get to draw a name, you win. It doesn't really matter which one you pick. You you win. Uh, Kyla coming in. Kyla coming in on Facebook today. She was on YouTube last night, so double dipping. I was confused seeing Scott Scott tonight. You're like, did I click on the right one? Was this a Broncos for breakfast? I should have... Should have changed my backdrop. If I'm drinking water, it's probably the evening. What day is it? God, is it Monday morning? I'm so late. Uh, thank you so much. Good to see you, Kyla. We got Tim Durs in the house. Thanks, Scott. It's working as much as you can on MHH now, Nick. As much as you, Nick. Uh, didn't think that was possible. Scott by, Scott might be working more. I actually woke up early and uh, did an eight-mile hike with a dog and a buddy of mine today. So my legs are a little jello-y, but it was good to get outside. I'm here at least once a day. Yeah. So every, Scott lives on here. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'm here twice a day yeah so, uh i'm just in the background so yeah i uh i see i see broncos country more than my family We're, we are family scott We're one of us <laughs> um robert are coming and saying let's go denver broncos for life i'm a fan of you too thanks robert that's nice of you to say you, robert uh keep up the great work going uh thank you so much rick is coming into aloha broncos country much love from hawaii awesome never been need to go Super excited for next season after seeing all the Hackett videos and interviews. He is truly what we needed. Hashtag state of being. And Scott, I'll let you take the wheel here for a second. Yeah. Are there any other that we need to get to? Rick is not catching Broncos for breakfast in Hawaii. No, probably yeah. not. That, that that one's a little early. Is it another three hours from you? So that's 3.30 in the morning. If, if Rick's catching us at Broncos for breakfast, no. it's been a long night. He's coming in from a Waffle House or whatever they have, the equivalent thereof uh, in, uh, in, in, in Hawaii. So... Uh, and we do, we have, uh, wanted to get to somebody here real quick. Uh, so Peter coming in, has some stars too. He said, uh, he came in twice. Where's your stars comment? doesn't really matter. Um, but Peter came in with some stars. He says, my Broncos for breakfast crew. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yep. And don't want to skip, uh, skip Senor Esperanza saying, listening to the way George Payton spoke yesterday makes me like him even more. I feel confident we're moving in the right direction. You know what, Senor Esperanza, uh, what makes me like this comment is that, are you talking about Peyton or are you talking about Hackett? Because really you could come out of either way mm-hmm. with this one. Um, Hack, uh, Peyton also said some things in this interview talking about some things that me, you know, guys, I'm, I'm a scientist. So I'm all about the process um, and the methodology. So that way you can come out to best decisions possible, not to be a pure analytics Homer, uh, but Peyton talking about how we really emphasize the process here and want to have a good process. Uh, that's music to my ears. Uh, Cause you know, some of these, I don't want to disparage anybody too much, but the fact that they have a very, overarching process uh, for this head coaching hire, very thorough visiting uh, to conducting 10 interviews in 11 days. Uh, I love it. It's it's I'm excited about Hackett being here. It's the honeymoon phase. Let's lean into it. We got Miguel coming in too. Speaking of honeymoon phase, we're still on the honeymoon. Miguel, you've been coming in and supporting us forever. We appreciate you. Sup fellas Broncos for dinner. I like it. What coaches do you see Hackett retaining, retaining? Interesting. Um, Gosh, I guess, it really depends on what they do with the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator. I do think that you could see a pretty big offensive overture uh, overhaul because I think that they're going to come in here and it's going to be much more of what you've seen with the Kyle Shanahan tree, the LaFleur tree, and maybe some of the Reed tree as well, where it's everybody's working on the system and it has very specific jobs for calling plays and designing plays like Hackett. While he didn't call plays, he was in charge of the gold zone, which I believe is the 25 and on uh, you have run game coordinators. You have pass game coordinators that coaching is changing a little bit in the league uh, where you have, these guys are all part of the system and uh, implementing the system with where they each have different aspects of working. their working the system on the field. So uh, could see some overturn on offense for defense. I mean, you got to see who the defensive coordinator is first before you even know what scheme it is. I hope they bring back Kohler. I hope they bring back Munchak, but you need to see what schemes you're playing first before you can even have that conversation. So Black Knight <clears throat> coming on Twitch. We like to say hello to our Twitch folks. Yeah. Uh, over on Thursday where we had some record numbers on Thursday morning and Thursday night, I saw a bunch of Twitch folks. Yeah. So that is a, you know, tell your friends. It's a, it's a, a growing platform for us too. And, and, uh, Bobby Robbie said, I'm glad uh, Brady retired, but I'm not sure if he really did. So I saw a follow-up this evening uh, from SpotRack, the guy who who's run SpotRack, because that was the account. 
said that uh, Tom Brady is due $15 million of his $20 million signing bonus on February 4th. So uh, there might be some timing issues there. When I first saw that, because I just saw the headline, I didn't read into it or turned it off, and I wasn't watching the back and forth that's been going on all day. I was like, well, you know, him and Giselle are worth about a billion dollars. You know, maybe he just said, you know, I don't need the 15, thanks. No, no, you don't become worth a billion dollars by turning your nose up at 15. Um, Even if he only gets half of that for for only staying one year or, or whatever, if he ends up getting... Uh, the seven and a half plus the five you got last year. So, but that that might be part of it. I always say, whenever you're looking at the reason why someone has do something, ask two questions. Actually, it's just one question. How do they benefit? What do they get out of it? And usually it's monetary. Follow the money. You've heard that phrase. Mm-hmm. So why is he hedging on this? Well, let's look into his contract. Oh, he gets $15 million if he sticks around another week. Yeah, he's not going to say anything for a week. <laughs> It is weird to see Brady retiring, but uh, who knows? I've, I've, I was almost hoping we'd see the corpse of him for years, just out there playing. You know, make him play until he's ninety. The heck, if he's going this long, just don't let him retire. Michael um, so, Ronquillo coming in. Michael Ronquillo, appreciate you coming in, Michael. Say good morning. Good morning, uh, Michael. I think we won't be able to show the Stars' goal tonight. We'll update it tomorrow. But uh, because Michael and Rodney Garcia and Jacob Foster and and all the good folks coming in, we're just about a goal on Facebook Stars. So thank you, Michael. Heck yeah. Maybe we crossed that threshold tonight. Let's see you guys. Dave Glassman, always a big star giver and supporter here as well. Broncos for dinner. What's up, fellas? Good to see you. Anthony Johnson says he really loved the press conference. That's great to see. I, I agree with you as well. Um, David Crespin coming in. It's been a bit. Music at practice. Nice. What was Vangio doing? Fangio doing. No wonder our team wasn't motivated to play on Sundays. I mean, it just got kind of tiring. That's the main vibe I'm getting from a lot of these players. When you're not with the old school, I don't want to call him authoritarian, but curmudgeon uh coaching style. If you're winning, you can kind of just like grit your teeth and get past it. But when you're not winning and, and you're losing kind of ugly, just painfully, not ugly, but painfully in some of these games, that gets tiresome. That gets tiring Nick, after three years. So Nick, you've heard me use the, the Bull Durham reference a hundred times about this. You've yeah. got fungus on your shower shoes. Until you win 20 in the show, it just means you're a slob. You know, when you're winning, the press will say you're colorful. Uh, you know, what uh, Bill Belichick can come in and say, yeah, nope, good question, bad question, thank you. You got a, more rings than you have fingers on one hand. You can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, we got Jay coming in here. I made a comment on Twitter about uh, Hackett talking about running the football and protecting him as being the keys for any young quarterback you bring in. And I just said that essentially you know, that's just speaking in platitudes. Um, that's a little bit of coach speak there. But I do think that it's important that – obviously you want to protect the quarterback and not put as much weight on them if you can early on, but that is not dependent on the quarterback. Having those factors is, is not make or break for the quarterback succeeding, becoming a dude in the NFL. Justin Herbert, two years ago, breaks the all time rookie passing record that the chargers, I, I bleep you not had the single worst pro football focus pass blocking grade in football last year and the single worst pass block win rate in football. Justin Herbert's goes out there and breaks the all-time passing record. He's a franchise star. Doesn't matter. His offensive line was horse bleep. He's still incredible. Joe Burrow this year. Oh, Joe Burrow's going to be terrible if they don't draft Penny Sewell. Uh, the, the Bengals go out there and say, ah, you know what? We'll work on the offensive line later. We want to get it right later because you want to extend Joe Burrow, but we don't think that's the difference between Joe Burrow becoming great or not. We're going to go get his college teammate in Jamar Chase, build a perimeter monster team, and uh, see how that works. Working pretty fine. So I just thought that uh, it's obviously just a press conference, and he's speaking in platitudes, so we're not going to make too much out of it. But There's- there's, There's more, ways more to, than one yes. way to skin a cat. I want my offensive line to be competent. At least, you know? yes. And if yep. they're competent, then we can do some things and we can make up for it in other, in other areas. If I've got a gaping hole or, God forbid, two gaping holes, we have a problem. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Or I guess you're probably speaking from personal experience there. <laughs> um, and also- I didn't mention any names. And also, a lot of the stuff with the quarterback position is – are the the offensive line is quarterback related, uh, setting your team up in a good position with run checks, uh, getting rid of the football, good pocket maneuvering, uh, some stuff, obviously. Oh, I'd rather, I'd, of course, if you had a young quarterback, you'd rather have all pros all around them. Um, just, I think it's, I thought, I think it's a little bit antiquated. I say that word right antiquated to be like, you have to have a top 10 offensive line and a top 10 run game to make a rookie quarterback work. There's different ways to do it. You just got to find the best talent and hopefully get it right around them. Yep, and uh, Vaughn may have had the last sack on him, and 
you know, he was so mad about getting his lips split and not yeah. getting the call that he's just saying, hell it, I'm quitting. I'm out of here. Should have made that call, Hockley. You're nowhere, you're nowhere uh, like your dad. Appreciate the comment, Holden. Holden, Holden had another comment, actually. He said, what would a potential trade for Rodgers Wilson look like? A first and second the next two years and two players? That'd be six. So that that seems a little steep for either of those guys to me. I feel like two firsts and a second or two firsts and a former first rounder should be in the neighborhood, in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. not six players. Because then, you know, if I'm sending away two of my players, it defeats the reason why I'm bringing in a quarterback because I'm bringing in, the, I'm giving up draft picks because I don't necessarily need them to compete right away. Uh, if yeah. I'm giving up players, well, then I need my draft picks. So, you know, it, unless one of those players is a quarterback because you're sending a quarterback and getting a quarterback back, that's that's another thing. But uh, that, that six players, you know, including a couple of, you know, four picks and two players seems a little pricey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's It seems like a lot. That being said, it's very hard to get in a window in the NFL. Um, just in general, it's hard to get in that window. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like what would you do in life after Rodgers? There's no guarantee that you'd get in a window if you three years from now without Rodgers. I would well, say it's probably not likely. It's unlikely. But. As soon as it was announced that Tom Brady retired, I I, I text Nick just kind of joking, saying, why did we bother getting Tom Brady if he was just going to retire? I'm like, do you hear how stupid that sounds? I mean, really? You know, yep. it just, it's like, oh, it, we're just going to need another quarterback in two or three years. Why should we bother with Tom Brady? We should have just stuck with Jameis Winston. He's only 27 years old. That sounds ridiculous. Yep. You know, maybe he'll develop. No, you got a chance to get a, a great. Now, I get it that it's costing you, you know, Tom Brady was a free agent or thereabouts where you're talking about maybe having to give up too much in the future. But if you get a three year window out of Aaron Rodgers, by the time he's done, you got your you're your drafting in the first round again. Maybe yep. later. You're hoping it's going to be around 32. But like I said, it's just if you have the chance and it's not crazy expensive, then take that chance. Uh, Lawrence, come in and hope hope my uh, my comment about Tom Brady and the the 50 million answered this one. He says, "Is there a battle going on? With Tom Brady threatening to retire if he's not protected better?" I don't believe that at all. I think this is about do I want to retire or not? And do I want to get my $15 million bonus before I do so? You know, I mean, he is, he's an old guy. He he's, he's not young. I, I'd it still would surprise me. You know, didn't he lead the league in yardage this year? You I know, think so. I, th- I mean, he's not done, you know, physically as a quarterback, he's not done. Um, and when you're done, you know, you're done for life. You know, there's no givebacks on that. When you're done playing and you're, you can't do it anymore, you know, you can't go back, uh, you know, so while you still can play at that level, I understand these guys wanting to wanting to, to stick it out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And let's get to some more things. I'll let you come over the chat here real quick. Uh, some other interesting things that I thought was really important and it's just stuff that we're going to need to take. Obviously, the guy's uh, word for it is the scheme for the Broncos offense going forward. Biggest thing that I got out of this was that they're going to be looking to use the wide zone scheme, the outside zone stretch uh, going forward. A lot of people should know what that is. It is the Mike Shanahan, Alex Gibbs heydays uh, going off there with the bootleg coming off of it. There's less bootlegs nowadays in today's NFL than you saw during the Jake Plummer uh, in Denver years. But still, wide zone stretch, um, I definitely have it near to my heart. I don't know about deer because that's what Kirk Ferentz is going to run until the end of time. Uh, weeks uh, zone stretch to the weak side of the field. You can call it on first down every time that that's what the Hawkeyes are going to run. Uh, but uh, you have any thoughts about this? Obviously maybe you have some thoughts on the zone stretch offense as well, or the outside zone offense, because that's what the Falcons used when uh, they made it to the super bowl. Uh, recently. Just explain it to me. Like I'm a six year old. Okay. Explain it to me. Like you're, you're coaching me for the first time. We got almost 400 people watching tonight. Mm-hmm. And wide zone, inside zone, other than, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not blocking into an area. When I hear zone, it means I'm blocking an area. If the person's yeah. in my area, then that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the running back has a choice. Does he go off the tackle or does he go off the guard? Um, but explain that to me like, hey, I'm your new coach. You're 10. This is what we're going to do. And give me the, the Twitter version in 60 seconds. 
Uh, wide zone, outside zone stretch. Uh, obviously going to be running outside the tackles more often or trying to get to outside the tackles into space. You're looking for offensive linemen who are not the classic maulers that can't move very well. You're looking for a little bit more of the dancing bears type that can get out in space and uh, climb and reach the second level off of double teams. Um, and hopefully you can create explosive plays uh, through the run game off of that. Once And the goal, uh, very rudimentary, the goal is to get the defense moving laterally so that way when you do that they they lose a little bit of their integrity and you have a bigger chance to gash them um upfield off of that then hopefully you can create some explosive pass plays maybe hold that backside ed- edge rusher with a play action or a bootleg kind of option as well to limit bodies going to the football um but it's something that has worked for years um i'm curious to see how it continues obviously it's continuing to work but with more shotgun options here with uh quarterbacks that are a little bit more athletic the variations of that going forward uh the wide zone stretch but the west coast offense the wide zone stretch it is probably the number one offense in football right now in the nfl um and we can see it works i mean two of the teams in the nfc right now direct descendants of this kyle shanahan uh mike shanahan uh, outside zone west coast offense so okay well thank you and what i like about it a lot is it's the change of direction of your backs. Again, it's it's having mobile linemen. I was we we talk about bias all the time. Uh, I was biased by the Denver Broncos by Alex Gibbs running two hundred and eighty pound offensive linemen out there. Meanwhile, Alabama and Georgia in the nineties are throwing guys that are three hundred and forty pounds out there. I think the average starting line on those Broncos teams that were throwing or turning out two hundred yard uh, two thousand yard rushers every year was about 200, 285 pounds. So the strength and the athleticism. And the quickness and the cut blocking, which you know the the defensive lineman hated, was a was a hallmark of that. But get, having then having your running back with the vision in order to move off of that, and having quarterback who throws well on the run, so you can run a lot of play action and naked boots and that type of thing becomes a becomes a big deal. Um, I've said before, Aaron Rodgers is as good as throw, at, at throwing on the run as anybody I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Young, Randall Cunningham guys like that, John Elway. Um, but Aaron Rodgers does things. Patrick Mahomes is in that level too. He, he's he's getting there. I've just watched being an NFC person. I've watched Aaron Rodgers for a lot more and a lot longer, and he makes throws that just other people can't. Yeah. Um, so those are my quick thoughts. There's my, my two cents. I want to say real quick uh, to Leaf coming in and says, thanks for a great show, guys. Am I the only Broncos fan that doesn't want to mortgage the farm for an old QB? I want to see uh, Peyton build a perennial contender. No, you're not alone. You're not alone, Leaf. Um, in fact, there was, I think it was, it was Holden. I, I, I scrolled off it, but someone said, I, I want them to stick with Locke for this year and then get the quarterback of the future. Like once you've built your team, like Mahomes. The problem with that is there's absolutely zero guarantee you find your franchise quarterback in the draft. That's why veterans are so expensive. A proven quarterback is hard to come by. There is zero, zero guarantee that you find your quarterback in the next three years in the draft, or I won't say in free agency, but you know, if you've got a chance, I've said it before, if you've got a chance and it doesn't cost you again, mortgage the future. If if you if it's not crazy expensive where it's just stupid, man, bring in a bring in one of those guys if they become available because they don't become available very often. Yeah, and it's also, it also has a lot to do with the situations the Broncos find themselves in, uh, not even considering the Chargers or the Chiefs, but you're talking about a team with five top 100 picks this year, a lot of cap space, um, not a lot of roster holes, a lot of big-time guys hitting free agency this offseason. Uh, so you are in a position to go in now and to be a contender now if you upgrade the quarterback position that much. And nothing is going to change a team's out, uh, outlook like improving the quarterback position. I've said it a hundred times on here, but I think that going from an, an F to a B level left tackle, let's even say it's a left tackle an F to a B level left tackle is not going to make as big of a difference as going from a C to a B plus at quarterback, because that's how valuable the quarterback is. Um, it's just, it's, you have to have one. And if you ha- if you can get Rogers in here, especially with where this team is set up right now, you open your window and there are no guarantees that you'll be in a window three years from now, but if you get in Rogers, you can guarantee you'll be in one right now. And, and the core of this team is so young. You know, yeah. the guys that you really count on, let's say you signed everybody to a 10-year contract, let's just yeah. say hypothetically, the only one that you can see having of your of your core players that you see maybe having a downturn yeah. in three years is maybe Tim Patrick. You know, I think he'll, he'll be on the wrong side of 30. 
but your your core is young. That's why you can afford to give up the draft picks now. It's it's okay. There can you can you can you upgrade during the draft? Sure, but there's not gaping holes all over this team that can't be addressed uh, in the near future. And then, like I said, make a run. Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, uh, um, all these. There's so who am I forgetting in here? Uh, Cortland Sutton is still pretty young. Uh, Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, all these guys are in three years are still going to be in their prime. Then you get your draft picks back. Yeah. But then the issue is with these guys as well. um, Let's say, oh, why don't we just, you say all these guys are young. Why don't we just get a young quarterback to go with them? Three years from now, hey, there's no guarantees what those guys even look like. Do they continue to develop? Uh, But three years from now, a lot of these guys are going to get expensive. Um, so your window is not guaranteed. Windows are very quick, especially on the defensive side of the ball with defensive talent. And if you have a chance to, if you think you have a chance to bring in Rodgers and put yourself in a Super Bowl position without completely mortgaging the future, thank you for the Von Miller trade because you have a little bit of excess capital because of that. You do it. You, you do it. I mean, I, I guess if obviously if Rodgers isn't as interested in coming here, um, another team is more interested in and outbids you. Although Matt Stafford last year, you know, you were in the you were in the call. You try to make a move happen. Didn't happen. There's other players. There's other players in the game. Sometimes it's going to happen. But there's. I don't think there's any reason to not go after that move. And I think a lot of fans also have a an unrealistic perspective on this. What the Patriots have done over the last 30 years, 20 years, 25 years, unheard of. What the Falcon or what what the, not the Falcons, sorry, Scott. Uh, what the Ravens and the Steelers have done over the last 10 to 15 years, drafting wise, organizationally, pretty pretty darn rare. So if you have a chance to go in there and put yourself in a window today, when God, when's the last time the Browns were in a window? Period, like a team like that or the Bengals. The Bengals first. Ernest uh, Biner. I mean, Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions <laughs> haven't been in a window forever. You, you know many- Browns, Ernest Biner, and the fumble. That was it. Do you, do you know how many? Here's a trivia question for you guys. Talking about in your window, giving yourself a chance. The Detroit Lions and the Super Bowl era have how many playoff wins? This is dating back to the 60s. Oh, I can think of one because they made the NFC Championship game. I'd say one. It's one. Yeah, won I one remember them. I game. remember them making the NFC Championship game, and Nick froze up just a little bit. He's he's back now. Uh, Mark Johnson came in with some stars. Thank you very much. And so did Ronnie Garcia. And then Peter Middleton. Middleton. With some stars and had a question. Why do we hear about inexperienced offensive coordinator options? Do you like the suggestions? Because your head coach is an offensive coordinator. He's going to call the plays. So he's looking for an apprentice. Uh, You're looking for an apprentice that you can groom the way he was and then move up the line. Maybe get him three or four years. Uh, An experienced offensive coordinator. Um, doesn't really want to come in and and not be calling plays. So yeah. uh, you're you're he's looking for an apprentice. If it was uh, if it was a different coach, you'd probably if it was a defensive coach, you would have you'd have somebody come in with more experience on the uh, on the offensive side. Appreciate the stars. Yep, absolutely. We also got a big one coming in from Cody here, Cody Potter and uh, Scott. Let me know if I start to get a little bit jumbled up here, and I can dip out and come back in. But Cody. Uh, what do we do with a future quarterback if we do get Rodgers? Do we hang on to Locke or draft a guy in round two or three or to learn for two to three years? Locke played best with the new system when he was a rookie. I'd like to keep him, uh, in my opinion. Well, Locke is here. That's the, one of the best things you can say. He's the guy who's here right now, and uh, he's cheap and young. You only have one year of control left, but in this year, I think there were 50 quarterbacks who had over a uh, 100 snaps logged. You're going to need a quality backup, most likely at some point, to win you some games. I mean, Broncos fans should be well aware of the importance of a backup quarterback in a spell. Broncos don't win Super Bowl 50 without Brock Osweiler coming. If that was if that was Jeff Driscoll coming off the bench behind Peyton Manning, we don't have Super Bowl 50 here. We we don't. You know that. So having that backup, especially in today's NFL, I think is important. So uh, I'd be fine keeping Locke. You probably want to again keep investing in the room. Um, maybe not a first round pick, so you don't have a cause of schism that we've seen in uh, Green Bay right now with uh, Jordan Love and uh, Aaron Rodgers. But you definitely want to keep adding to the room, keep adding talent, and uh, hopefully one of those guys hits. If uh, if a veteran comes in that Drew Locke is not going to beat out, whether it's whether you think Drew Locke hung the moon or not, if you trade a couple of first round picks for a thirty nine year old QB, he's starting. Yeah. Uh, that's just the investment factor. Uh, Drew Locke may request a trade. He may say, hey, I got one year on my contract. I, I, I need to go play. I want to be somewhere else. And I think George Payton would would uh, give in to that and say, yeah, thanks, thanks, Drew. So he may request a trade. Um, if he doesn't, having him around again for one year would not be the worst thing in the world. Um, 
good experience backup, fairly cheap. And uh, he's got some talent, can come in and, and, and hopefully win you some games. I know he hasn't won any in a while, but that doesn't necessarily mean he can't. Yeah, no, absolutely correct. We got Wyatt coming in here, Wyatt Held. Uh, so where do you guys see the team in two years? Does a good quarterback automatically put us at contenders? Um, we're talking about, I guess the question is, how good of a quarterback are you talking here? <laughs> um, the Kirk Cousins one is one that intrigues me a lot because I think this is a very good Broncos team. Uh, Kirk Cousins has very good stats, um, and it's not his fault that the Vikings, well, it's kind of his fault because it's massive contract, but like um, bottom five defense the last two years for the Vikings, probably a bottom half offensive line for most of his career, probably a bottom 10 offensive line for most of his career, but he still put up points. And I think this Broncos team around Kirk Cousins could definitely sniff the playoffs, but it, the issue is the big baddie in the entire NFL lives in your bleeping division. So it's really hard <laughs> to... to to cross that hurdle with Rogers though. I think you do have a chance um, two years from now though. I mean, this team is not built right now where you need to be thinking two years from now, which is unfortunate uh, because two years from now, you're talking about guys. Draymond Jones is going to have to get a big contract. Bradley Chubb, Jerry Judy will be on the fine year of his contract. What's happening with Noah fan. Um, a lot of these guys, two years from now, Justin Simmons is two years older. So a lot of these guys are most valuable or either right now or stepping right into that. So that's why I think this window is right now. And if you have a chance to bring in a, good quarterback to give yourself a real shot i think it's today and I, that's another reason i don't think a rookie quarterback makes the most sense because you're probably punting a year in that scenario most most likely especially with this quarterback class this team isn't ready to punt a year they, they, they have warts no doubt but they are a quarterback away from being a playoff no doubt a playoff contender but maybe even making some noise yeah automatically puts us in contenders kurt cousins no doesn't automatically it makes you i think playoff contenders definitely uh for sure um russell wilson closer i think that's that's much closer aaron Rodgers, yeah i think you become you'd be in the top seven teams probably when they came out with super bowl odds of odds to win the super bowl you'd probably be in the top seven that would be contenders in my book and and again uh where do you see the team in two years there is not a scenario that guarantees you a good quarterback in 2024 except maybe russell wilson and there's people who question if he is dropping off a little bit uh, with the hits he's taken, the injuries, et cetera, et cetera. So there isn't an option that that guarantees you that quarterback um, in the next in in two or four years in in after two more seasons. Um, so where does it put us in two years? We don't know. We don't know. There's going to be a lot of uh, you know if you draft a guy or if Drew Locke goes and kills it this year and he gets a six year contract, but Drew Locke could kill it and say the heck with you guys, I'm out of here. You know he's only got one year left on his deal. So uh, lots of questions, lots of questions at the quarterback that we've been asking all year. And I'm curious what, uh, what Eric said last night um, about this conversation. Eric, Eric and just, I don't always Eric, agree. But. I, I told Eric and Eric, if you're listening, hello, I said, Eric, don't let the, the chat went off the rails on, there was five people and every comment in there was about Drew Locke and it, it gets, it gets really irritating um, for those, for everybody else who wants to have a conversation about the Denver Broncos. And Eric let it get to him. And I said, okay. Eric, don't let five knuckleheads ruin it for the 400 people that are watching your show. He's like, okay, okay, okay. So, um, yeah. Um, and I'm not sure which part that uh, when Lance and Eric went off. But, uh, yeah, I don't know which part. Because, again, I get behind on the chat. Like, Miguel said this a while ago. And I'm behind. I'm behind on the chat. I'm about 15 minutes behind on the chat making sure that uh, – the stars and uh, and contributors are being shown, even if it is a little later. And Miguel says, hey, Broncos country, let's hit that star goal tonight. Appreciate you. And I think you showed, uh, you did show Leaf, Leaf coming in. So now I can scroll down a little bit and see if I can't catch up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. We got some more here. Um, I did want to get to this comment here from Ashish uh, coming in. So I was so hoping to get Brian Babel, who is now the head coach of the New York Giants. We'll see how... Uh, Daniel Jones does there. Daniel Jones, a uh, telltale, I guess a, a warning tale of, hey, let's draft a quarterback in the top 10. That doesn't mean we're going to piddle for the next four years down our leg. Um, don't move on if your guy's not getting it done. Or don't don't be afraid to move on if your guy's not getting it done. Um, but they're going to use another season on <laughs> Daniel Jones. God bless, God save them all. Imagine us having Allen right now uh, with all of these receivers. I think we needed a coach who can develop a quarterback in an offense more than anything else right now. Uh, you hope that hacking can be that guy. I did love what he said. And I saw some comments about this earlier saying that, you know, you have your key tenants and your concepts and your schemes, 
but the players transcend the scheme and the players become the scheme. So if you have something here that one player does really well, and it's not something that you typically use in your scheme as much, or they struggle in something that you do in your scheme, don't use it as much because it's about getting the best talent out there and putting those guys in the best uh, best situation to succeed. So I like that a lot. That was an issue with Shermer. Um, I'm going to run my scheme and this is what it is, blah, blah, blah. It can work, but sometimes you're not maximizing what you have in-house. I'm I'm ready to see Josh Allen in his State Farm commercial. He he's at that level with Mahomes he, and oh. uh, <laughs> Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. Wow, I, I hadn't watched him a ton. I really hadn't, and and uh, I, I certainly am impressed. What a freaking unit that guy is. Uh, we've got a lot of new names in here today, so welcome. Appreciate you joining us. Um, give us that hit a like, hit a subscribe. Make sure you come in and see again. So Space Explorer says hello, hello Nick and Scott. And uh, Fizzledrix, like I said, there's or, there, there's a, a new name for us too. And and Jesse Fraley comes in and says, three years after the last six sounds like a golden opportunity." Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Well, three years, man, we could be contenders for three years, but then we're right back where we started. You, you could have three crappy years and be right back where you started in four years. There's no guarantee. Yeah. Uh, if you got a shot, man, take it again. I know I'm gonna hedge again. There are limits. I'm not giving away my whole team. I'm not giving away two drafts. I'm not Mike Ditkaing my Saints draft for for Ricky Williams. Uh, that was dumb on several levels. Uh, I don't know. You're kind of young for that, Nick. He gave away his entire draft and draft Ricky Williams when. Yeah. Uh, and then the Colts took Edron James ahead of Ricky Williams, which was ridiculously stupid. Not because of your scouting department, but because you could have gotten Edron James and about five draft picks. Um, the scouting department was dead on. Edwin James was a better running back. But uh, yeah, three years again. That's why I'm so excited about the possibility. And it just boggles my mind that people would say, oh, we don't want that guy. He's, he's too old. We, we'd we have to get another quarterback in two years. You might have to get another quarterback in two years, no matter what. Yeah. Man. It's it's the fear, um, and maybe rightfully so, of Mahomes and Herbert in the division for the next 10 to 15 years. And I get it. Um, that scares me too, because it means that it's going to be that much harder for the Broncos going forward. But if the, you could have, it's like, again, would you rather, this is hindsight bias all the way, but you could have gone the next three, four years with Tim Tebow instead of, oh, Peyton Manning's older. You know, we have the young guy here who knows what he can become. Um, it's I'm again, sure it's a, fam- it's a family guy that too. That, and there were uh, absolutely. But if you have a chance to get up and go right now, uh, go for it. Again, windows are not guaranteed. Wins are not guaranteed. This is a team that is dying for um, some direction. And, and remember, the NFL rewards you for sucking. Yeah, so if also, it blows up in your face, you can end up with a number one pick. And if you really don't like Mahomes and Herbert and they scare you, what better way to kind of pit or I guess give their careers the finger a tad uh, than to bring in Rodgers for three to four years and make it that much harder for them to use the Broncos as a stepping stone as they have been over these last few seasons. You'll make the Broncos formidable again to to get out of Justin's Herbert rookie contract and make it harder for the Chargers to get further down um, when Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are retired. I mean, you're talking about these teams are the, in the windows right now because they have the quarterbacks, but there are things around the quarterback too that make them great. If you bring in Rodgers right now or Wilson, you are making those teams have to shuffle the deck again three, four more times. And who knows what they look like at that point. Um, so bring him in, <laughs> bring him and, in. If you and can, Travis, Travis said he's coming in, coming a little late. And we, we got to one of Travis's earlier, but this was the first one. Uh, so I'm excited for next season to start and see what Hackett will do, bringing whoever QB is. And you heard him talk in the press conference about explosive plays and having fun and scoring more points. Uh, it just felt like everything with the Broncos offense was hard, yeah. hard. Like to me, it's, I, I, we, we like our cross sports uh, analogies and references here. And it's like, it was watching a team go down in basketball and have to work 50 passes and work the clock and then get off a tough shot at the, at the buzzer. And it goes in, okay, we got two. And the other team just fast breaks and gets a layup. You're like, damn it. Or I'm playing baseball and I, you know, hit a, a, a C and I ground ball up to third. And, you know, I almost get picked off 10 times and get a steal. And then I get bunted over and then a sack fly in. Yes, we got a run. It was really hard. And then the yeah. Yankees come in and hit a three-run home run in the next inning. You're like, good Lord. Uh, yeah. it, it's just everything was so painstakingly difficult for this Denver Broncos offense that, yes, I'm excited to see some change. Shoot, change, change for the sake of change is one thing, but 
You needed a change. And, and it brings hope again, Travis. Appreciate you. And Mr. Stu Meat coming in with a super sticker. Thank you, sir. We appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much uh, for joining us today. We're going to get out of here pretty soon, probably in the next 10 minutes or so. Um, Lawrence coming back in saying, what's the deal with the Raiders going with two head coaches? That Has, has that ever happened before? Um, you're going to have to let me know the specifics of this because I didn't see anything about the Raiders bringing in two head coaches. I heard about Josh McDaniels um, potentially going there, but the whole Tom Brady retiring thing and me out there doing an eight-mile hike with the dog this morning kind of uh, took a lot of my attention today. Someone's got to be in charge. What's the saying about two quarterbacks, Nick? Then you have none. Yeah, unless you got unless two quarterbacks, brilliant. you got none. So I cringe when I see co-coordinators. When yeah. I see co-offensive coordinators, basically we gave a guy a promotion because we didn't want to lose him, but we didn't have a spot for him. So you make him a co-something or other. Blows up in your face every single time. So I don't know much about this, Lawrence, but if they're even thinking about the idea of splitting duties like that, bad, bad idea, bad idea. It's a bad idea on offense or defense, let alone as the head guy. Uh, so no, someone, someone's got to be in charge. Someone's got to be accountable and have responsibility. And again, even if it's just the offense or defense, you don't want co anything in uh, when it comes to uh, an organizational structure like that. No, not at all. Uh, Unless you're getting the big fat check at the end of it. Um, and it doesn't matter what the results are. But uh, I digress. Um, Scott, so talking about the offense again, while you're kind of perusing over this, we talked about the outside zone run scheme. That is a different uh, offense, obviously, than what Pat Shermer ran. Now, granted, you were using some West Coast offense principles um, under Shermer, but the more of a inside zone, gap-centric offense uh, with the run scheme. Pro Football Focus did chart uh, the Broncos as running the second the second most run scheme they ran was outside zone. Um, but I think a lot of times with those outside zone schemes, you see it be like very much predominantly their first type of run. So well, I think you'll see a shift there. Um, but the big question here, which guys in this Broncos offense right now do you have some concerns with uh, going forward? Obviously, you never know because Hackett's a new uh, head coach. So how the scheme is implemented and everything, we don't know until we see it. But is there anybody in this offense where you're like – maybe that guy is not as valuable here. Or maybe he just doesn't fit uh, what you're looking for. Well, I mean, we could go into the offensive line, but I'll maybe think of somebody that might surprise you to say this, but I what about Javante Williams? Ding, ding, you know? ding. Javante Williams, he is a C-hole hit hole. You know, he he's a, I'm going to attack it kind of runner. Um, and with the, the zone scheme like that, you need the vision and the cutbacks. And mm -hmm. Is Javante Williams that back? You know, I think he can be. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of answering my own question here. Um, but I think I think he can be fine. But if we're talking about, you know, the offensive line, well, who on the offensive line was really that good anyway? You know, that mm -hmm. where there would be a precipitous drop-off. So we have to look at the one factor on the offense that really did well, which was Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. They were effective running backs. They went, you know, for over 2,000 yards uh, from scrimmage last year. So would Javante Williams still be as effective in, uh, in this system? Probably, probably. Cause the other part of the, the West coast scheme and, and this type of thing is being a receiver out of the backfield and getting you, getting those screenplays set up and getting you the ball in space a little bit. And if he can get past that first level um, and get the ball in, in, in space with a head of steam against linebackers and safeties and defensive backs, he's going to be just fine. Yeah, no, actually, Javante Williams is one I thought of as well. Um, again, I've seen a lot of outside zone offense because I swear to God, the Hawkeyes run it every other play, um, and it's to, to the detriment sometimes. But uh, Javante Williams, I do like that he doesn't dance around too much, but there, there's a good combination of patience, vision, and burst that you need to be an effective outside zone running back. And it's not that Williams can't do that, but I thought early on this last season, his vision and his patience was a little bit, lacking now as the season progressed he improved tremendously right in those areas exactly so but he's not built like a i'm just going to use mainly the san francisco team because they're running the zone stretch as good as anybody right now but he's not built like uh oh my gosh the name of the rookie running back right now that the 49ers is killing with um somebody in the chat can probably get me um they're looking for a little bit more of the explosive, smaller, twitchy guys that can put one foot down and cut uphill. I'm actually pretty excited to see what Mike Boone could look like in this because his mm -hmm. stylistically fits really well with the outside zone stretch. Um, Elijah, 
Elijah Mitchell is the running back I'm thinking of. A little bit smaller, put one foot down, get north and south uh, with the vision, but he can hit that backside cut lane. So Javante Williams is one I I think is going to be fine. No doubt, he's going to be fine. But I don't know if it's the best scheme for him, given some of the questions that I saw from watching his tape last year. Offensive line is the other one that concerns me a tad. Um, again, just because you're changing scheme a bit, but like Lloyd well, Cushenberry, is he able to in climb there, in Nick, you, you don't have a right tackle right now, so... Yep. You know, if, is is Bobby Massey coming back again? I think you can you can upgrade that position so you can find the guy to fit the scheme. And again, big and athletic plays in all schemes. I, that's why I say I don't I don't get too hung up on schemes because big, fast, athletic with with football smarts will play in any scheme, uh, especially yeah. on the offensive line. Um, yeah, Michael coming in just huge numbers. Michael, this is three thousand stars. We certainly appreciate you. On this, this is one I give. Uh, I give the big stars to in the background. Just make sure that uh, that you're getting your due on here because you're uh, keeping us afloat tonight. Um, certainly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, thank you so much, Michael. Back to the outside zone kind of conversation here. The other, um, the other side is 240, 250 pound AJ Dillon looking just fine. Uh, for the Packers uh, the last few seasons. Now, granted, he does his best work in between the tackles. I kind of had a little bit of a dichotomous running back room there, but different ways to get it to work. Um, if you have a good running back that has vision and uh, patience, you're going to have good things. So Williams is going to be fine. I just I just want to see what it looks like. I just want to see what it looks like. Big and fast plays on all schemes. There was a there was an old there was a old Auburn recruiting thing yeah. under Terry Bowden. So this goes back to the mid '90s where they turned down a running back that was just a star at Arkansas. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Terry McFadden, though. And the, the, the running back's coach that was recruiting him asked him they, they didn't want him. So what, what's the problem with him? Is he too big or is he too fast? You know, so um, those play anywhere. And Miguel coming in with some stars saying, I don't like the Judy trade idea to get Adams. Do you see Denver trading Albert O, Locke, and Picks to get Rodgers and stay away from Adams? Um, you have to have there's a phrase we use in, in soccer called deadwood. Uh, now Albert O and, and Locke aren't exactly deadwood, but they're not high capital trade ideas that you're trading to a team that was the number one seed in the NFL. They're going to want someone to come in. That's going to immediately improve their team. Now maybe Albert O would drew Locke probably wouldn't. So where's the, where's the gain for them on that? You can't unload the players you want. It's like, Oh, we'll throw KJ Hamler in there. It, nobody was KJ Hamler right now. He hasn't done much in the NFL, when, and he's he's coming off bad knee injuries. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. You want to get value, you're going to have to give something up. And if you want one of the best receivers in there, you might have to give up a young, talented receiver who's not on that level yet. And uh, you pay for it. I mean, yep. it's uh, it works like this in society too. The guys at the very top, there's a premium there. They make a lot more money. Yeah. Why can't that be me? Um, no, that's uh, Chad. I'm coming for you, Chad. Um, yeah, no, good comment. They're all around. And it, this comes back to not to be a, you know, a repeating horn here, but your window with Rogers is the next three years. And you have a chance to bring in the soon to be 30 year old Devante Adams, who is probably his best years are the next three years. Um, and we've bringing in Rogers with that window being so short, you need to hit the ground running year one you need to make me competitive year one you cannot have the starting off two and three i mean i guess you i guess you can but like the starting off two and three with peyton manning maybe bringing in adams you can circumvent that a bit it's not a totally new thing not to brand new coaches not brand new weapons as well bringing in adams so uh, again if you're going after rogers anyway and giving up all those picks you're already saying i'm all in on this next three-year window go for go all in keep going all in uh learn from what the rams are doing right now draft picks are great but you know what's even better star players um, so if you can bring in those guys and go for that window, again, do it. It would suck to lose Judy for sure. I think he's going to be a fine player, but you have a chance to bring in potentially good, giving away potentially good for greatness. Yeah. Um, so I you're, think you go for that. You're hoping Judy becomes what Devonte Adams is. Mm -hmm. Is it's like, well, we could have we could have Jerry Judy for you know ten years, maybe. No. Maybe he leaves after two more years. You know, these guys have contracts. There's no guarantee that they sign anything. Mm -hmm. um, he gets hurt. All this type of stuff. Again, I am all about hope. Y'all have heard me talk about how much hope means to me. I, my daughter's middle name is Hope. That's how much the thought of it means to me. But if I bring in a superstar now, instead of hoping this guy becomes a superstar, this superstar gives me the hope that I can go win a Super Bowl right now. Right now. Not just that I hope this guy becomes great. 
I hope we're winning a Super Bowl next year. And that's what he brings. And Phil, Phil bringing us hope, bringing us stars. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate you. And Doug Raquel coming in with some stars as well. So thank you, gentlemen. The, the Facebook uh, community is showing out tonight. Appreciate you. Yeah, and uh, speaking of which, talking about the scheme earlier, um, is Jerry Judy the best fit for this offense as well? Now, hear me out. Um, if I'm talking mainly from the Sean McVay offense here, uh, the West Coast offense, but you know what that slot receiver has to do? Get dirty. That slot receiver is so important for blocking schemes um, for that team to get out in the perimeter and create some explosive plays. And I'll tell you guys, you can go and watch Jer- Jerry Judy on the All-22 if you want for the blocking reps. It's not always pretty. That dude, I mean, he's, again, this, the Broncos have not been a winning team. Do I totally fault him for not going out there and you know, driving a guy into the dirt? No. But Jerry Judy's not really blocking from the slot like you need to run the West Coast uh, scheme, outside zone scheme. Um, so that's another thing, uh, player, that I'm curious to see how he fits in the run scheme. Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, getting after it in the run game. Um, and maybe some people will say that's an auxiliary thing uh, for a wide receiver. More important to be a good receiver and catching the football, no doubt. But it matters. Um, just like your running back being able to pass block, it matters. And if you need, if you want to create some explosive plays, the wide receivers have to block, especially your slot receiver. Um, so, and why does Jerry Judy have to be the slot receiver? Because otherwise, you're running Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton from the slot. And I'll tell you, those guys don't really make sense as far as the horizontal pass game concepts. You, you're not putting your guys in your best place to win. So, obviously, you don't have perfect players uh, on the Broncos team, but you want them to fit. It's just some things that I'm curious to see how it all looks. Just questions until, and it's going to remain there. They will remain questions until we see what it looks like on the field. Yeah, I, I think Judy's going to be fine. I think Judy's a yeah. good enough receiver to play anywhere. Um, again, let's let's get him the ball in space. Let's scheme some of these guys open to get him the ball in space. Um, uh, Noah Fant is one of the big ones for me. Is let, let's scheme him where he's he's not running button hooks. You know, and, and catching the ball and having to start and stop again. He's 255, 260 pounds oh. and fast. Let's, Can let's we see some wide run. Let's hit him with his momentum's already going forward. Uh, the Y leak. Um, I know the University of Iowa ran that a few times with him. He had a, I think, 80 yard touchdown reception against University of Minnesota with the Y leak, which Shanahan runs a lot. Would I would kill for some Y leak with Noah Fant streaking down the field against a safety or a linebacker with the whole flow of the defense going one way and then Fant going the other. Uh, it'd be beautiful. I do that in Madden all the time. <laughs> Jacob, thank you so much for coming in for, with some stars. Like I, I said earlier, uh, and, and he came in with some stars and then he followed it up with his comments uh, with even more stars. So Jacob, you're the man. Uh, appreciate you as we come to the end of the month. You will have uh, several of your of your names in the hopper for uh, – the the jersey giveaway but he says the only thing to make this week better is if the Bengals win tomorrow that'd be fun i'm i'm always a big underdog fan of uh, joe burrow jamar chase you know i saw oh i saw espn was it jeff legwald maybe came in and said had his his top 10 rookies had mac jones number two i was like you know just no no he was an average quarterback which is good i mean don't get me wrong but when you have to use the phrase for a rookie then and everybody else in this list was exceptional jamar chase has been exceptional one of the top Top five five or six receivers in the league period not for a rookie you know so anyway yes i uh i'm I'm looking forward to watching them watching the games tomorrow i'm excited for you to get out of mobile get some of that sun don't stay too much (laughs) in the sun though scott i was uh this isn't a hipaa violation i think it's supposed Uh, to rain that's what scares me uh, i don't mind cold I don't like rain. Kenny Pickett's going to drop out. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hand size joke, guys. We got to get in there. John Clay Evington coming in here. $10 over on YouTube. Thank you so much, John. Uh, it is always great to visit with my favorite team. I loved Hackett's comment that uh, his, the players will be his system. So the players will be his system. Uh, force the defense to defend the whole field. That is awesome. Hashtag hope. You're talking about that hope there, Scott. There's some more. And thank you so much, John, for your comment. Uh, always a constant contributor here, leaving good, insightful comments, and we appreciate you. Yeah, I, again, I, you know, we, we say that the Jimmys and the Joes rather than the X's and the O's, but you know, good football players can adapt to systems. Good football coaches adapt their system to the players. Mm. You've got both; you're going to be pretty good. So, uh, you know, I, I, I've always been more on the personnel side of things than the scheming side of things. So, I'm always looking for scheme resistant players guys that can play in any scheme it's like you should be able to 
I've made my point on that. I, I'm, I'm more worried about the, the, the personnel necessarily than the schemes. Mm. And, you know, I, I see good, talented players uh, on this Broncos team. And now, hopefully, we're going to get to see them put into some, put into some positions to shine. Because yeah. a bad scheme doesn't matter who your players are. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, well, guys, uh, speaking of good schemes, Michael Ronquillos and good show tonight, Nick and Scott. But we got to get on out of here. We were seeing if Luke would join us here, but he's busy working in Vegas right now. This is that a is that a thing? People working in Vegas? I don't know. Luke's Luke, I think, is working in Vegas. The only reason right I ever go to Vegas, um, come it'll out of be there great. And try and make some money working, Michael. Thanks again for the stars. Yeah, and then, thank you so uh, much, Michael. And Travis coming in saying good night, coming to some stars, and Rodney and George Fox. Let me show George. George coming in for the first time tonight. And uh, I'm glad that Nick is ahead of me because he gets the spammers. That's the one problem about being behind. Rodney again and George. Um, DB for life. Is there a price that's too high for Rodgers? Yeah, there is. Again, when we start talking six players, you know, two firsts, two seconds, and two players, now you're cutting into your window. We talk about yeah, having the exactly. roster to have a window to be successful. Giving away draft picks when I'm a young team is one thing, okay? I don't need my number eight pick for uh, – I could use another corner, but I, I don't necessarily need it for another wide receiver. I got three wide receivers. I don't need a running back. I got a running back. Um, but if I can use that and get a quarterback, okay, great. Um, but when I start giving up starter-level, future star-level players to, I got a problem. Now my team isn't as good. Well, that defeats the purpose of bringing Rodgers in to begin with. Yeah. And also, I think it's big, uh, something worthy of pointing out. A lot of people in draft media um, are catching wind from NFL people that uh, this class, the top, not that special. Uh, last year's class, there would have been 10, 12 guys taken before the first guy off the board in this year's class. According to some people, Daniel Jeremiah has talked about it. Dane Brugler has talked about it. Mel Kuyper has talked about it. Just not the blue chippers at the top in this year's class that you saw previously in other classes. Now I'm a big fan of Kyle Hamilton, Evan Neal. Those guys I think are still pretty special um, regardless of the year, just the types of plays that they can bring and uh, do. But still, um, if you're giving up picks on this year's class, I would not be thinking about it as you're losing a chance at Von Miller or losing a chance at Patrick, Patrick Sertan. You're probably more likely losing. You're losing the guys like Shane Ray. You're losing Sylvester Williams. You're losing Bradley Roby. Good players not decade-long building block kind of guys. Yeah, Peter coming in with some stars saying, Judy probably has the strongest trade value right now, especially if he has a similar season. Um, a similar season, he declines is what I think what Peter's saying here too. Hopefully, after another year with an offensive-minded coach, his trade value is peaking, peaking yeah. next year. Um, hopefully, because it doesn't mean you want to trade him, just means he had a good season. Uh, and Gary Leeds Palmer, uh, getting close to finishing us up here says, I'm really curious to see how this team will respond to Hackett's style, but not knowing the quarterback situation is so maddening. It's also a little fun. Isn't it a little fun thinking again, we still have that hope that Aaron Rodgers could come in that Russell Wilson that could come in that drew Locke could flourish under uh, a new offensive coordinator with a, a fun quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Uh, we have that hope. So while it is maddening and it's, it's uncertain, it's kind of fun, a little bit. It's fun right now. It's not fun when you're in August uh, combined uh, camp practices and uh, the Broncos are going up against the Vikings and Teddy Bridgewater's throwing picks and Drew Locke is turfing footballs and neither of those guys look like it and the team is like, uh-oh, what did we? Do? Why, why are we here again? Um, so hopefully that's not going to be an issue. Um, but uh, yeah, Scott, keep working some of these uh, chats here and we got to get on out of here. Uh, yeah, Phil we coming are caught in up. We are caught up right now. So Good. if you wanted to... I don't think I missed anybody. I may have, have gotten Rodney and Jacob. I know y'all come in multiple times, so I don't show every single one of them. It doesn't mean yeah. uh, that I don't see them and we don't appreciate them. We try and call you out special for 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 all, for all of them. Uh, yeah. But Phil coming in again saying, hey, Nick, where do you think Linderbaum will go in the draft? I think he could go. The issue with Linderbaum is he's a very good prospect, but he is zone wide zone specific because he has a smaller frame. Um, I am curious to see, like right now, if you ask Linderbaum to stand up and have to pass protect and anchor against a Jordan Davis, which there are Jordan Davis like defensive tackles in football. I don't like that matchup one bit. Now center can be a little bit protected there, but use a top 10 pick on a center. They need to be able to do everything, literally everything. It needs to be like a Quinn, uh, Quentin Nelson level center prospect. Tyler Linderbaum's good. 
it's not Quentin Nelson as far as the total package with the size and everything as well. Um, so I think Linderbaum's going to go somewhere between 14 to 24, I think would be the range where you could see him go, especially in this draft class. Somebody's like, okay, well, you know, we talked about it earlier. This isn't the most elite class ever, but I can get myself a plug and play center for the next 10, 15 years. There's a lot of value in that. Just the, the known quantity there. He'll fall to one of those teams that draft quality. And then at the end of the end of the round, first round, when you look at it and you see how did the Patriots, how did the Ravens, how did the Steelers get that guy? No wonder they're always good. Um, so he'll end up he'll end up at a place like that where you're like yeah. you get a ten time you know a ten year Pro Bowler and you're like why did all these teams pass on this guy? Oh, because he was a center. Yeah, well, good for you. How'd that work out for you? Yeah, I mean. Make a lot of sense. I could see a team like the Eagles taking him there pretty late on. The Steelers would probably be head over heels to bring him in. Patriots are a team you mentioned. Uh, who knows about Vegas going forward? Arizona is Rodney Hudson going to be there going forward? Kyler Murray sends out vague tweets every year talking about the offensive line. Why aren't they investing in it around me? So maybe that'll be the year um, for them. But uh, guys, we got to get on out of here. Luke's not, I don't think Luke's going to join us here. So I'll let Scott keep looking around the back end to make sure nobody's coming in here. But Obviously, this is, oh, here we go. Mile High Insiders for breakfast and dinner. Man, breakfast for dinner. <laughs> I, I don't know if Chad did that, but I'm, I'm going to roll with it. You guys can follow Scott Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at MHI Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're on our Facebook groups at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you guys like the show listening after the fact or anything like that, A, Scott and I are in the morning, so if you have time in the mornings on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, we're there. Come hang out with us. Um, but if you're liking the show or you like the other shows better, go to iTunes. Go to wherever you rate your shows or listen to your shows. Leave a review. Leave a five-star rating and give yourself a chance to earn that swag. If you can't win the swag, go to huddlepod.com. Check it out on there. YouTube folks, please like, subscribe, and share to Mile High Huddle. Um, on your socials, et cetera, et cetera. That's the number one thing you can do to help us on here. Also make sure you're checking out Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, because the senior bulls here and we're going to have a lot of fun. And this is probably the, the most anticipated senior bowl since 2018, because the talk of the town is quarterbacks. And you're going to have five guys who could, any of these guys could end up quarterback one. We're going to find out a lot this week down in mobile with the quarterbacks. Yeah, I will see y'all tomorrow night. I'll be in the back end stirring up trouble uh, in the chat tomorrow with uh, with Zach and Chad. Um, boy, th- it'll be a kind of a watch along because uh, that will be right in the fourth quarter of the Rams 49ers game. So <laughs> make it a uh, make it a watch along and join us tomorrow night. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. You guys are awesome. Great content tonight. Great, uh, great job in the chat. Everyone choose kindness. Enjoy your weekend. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.